America, my next guest spooks me out whenever I talk to him. Joel Rosenberg, of course, extraordinarily successful New York Times bestselling author, but he seems to have implanted in his brain a little bit of Nostradamus, maybe a lot, a sort of a beacon that looks forward because a lot of what he's written about in his thrillers happened the next week. Joel Rosenberg can be followed, of course, on Twitter at Joel C. Rosenberg. His brand new book is The First Hostage. Um, his website is joelrosenberg.com. Welcome back, Joel. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you, Hugh. Great to be with you. You're the only guy I know who gets book plugs from deputy Israeli prime ministers. <laughs> well... <laughs> Yeah, I, I've, been, I've uh, done a lot of blurb. These books, you know. <laughs> I've done a lot it of blurbs. Is. I'm fascinated. Danny Ayalon, just next time you see him, tell him Hewitt would like a plug the next time the book comes out. I read the <laughs> intro to The First Hostage. I haven't read the whole book yet. It starts with an all-too-believable attack upon a peace conference by a rogue F-16 Jordanian pilot. Uh, the carnage is awful, but tell me, where do you get these ideas? Do you go out and do peyote and come up with the worst possible scenarios? No, I can assure you that is not uh, involved, uh, <laughs> fortunately. Uh, and, and my parents live in Colorado, too, so I say that uh, no, you could, uh, yeah. advisedly. <clears throat> no, listen, uh, in this case, I had just finished a series. My last tr- trilogy was about... Um, uh, an American president pressuring an Israeli prime minister not to launch a preemptive strike against Iran's nuclear facilities, and the prime minister feels he has to do it anyway. And uh, so having covered Iran and the nuclear issue, I, I went and sat down with two former CIA directors, uh, Jim Woolsey, who of course worked for President Clinton, and uh, Porter Goss, who worked for George W. Bush. And I said individually, separately from uh, with them, what, what keeps you up at night? What do you guys look at five, six years down the road that you worry that people aren't focused on a new enemy that's coming? Uh, you know, because I'm looking for a new enemy to write a series about. And both of them separately said that al-Qaeda in Iraq was morphing into something new. Now, remember, this is three and a half, four years ago when I'm having this conversation. But they both said al-Qaeda in Iraq is is, is it looks like they're over, but they're not. Something's happening there. I'd keep an eye on it. it what became ISIS. And then I went and sat down with the former head of, of Mossad, uh, uh, Danny Atom, and uh, a tremendous expert in, 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 this, in the region. Asked him, what keeps you up at night? Same basic direction. And then I went in, to Jordan, and I got to sit down with the prime minister of Jordan, the foreign minister. Uh, the interior minister said, now, is this going to be like a Tom Clancy novel? I said, well, I hope so. He said, good, sit down. Sit down. We'll talk. <laughs> two hours to talk about, at this point, uh, what, what had become ISIS, even as the president was telling us that this was a JV team. Uh, I concluded, look, I think they're a bigger deal than most people think. This is what I'm hearing. I'm going to write a novel series about ISIS capturing chemical weapons in Syria and plotting a genocidal attack, including attack that they will try to capture the president of the United States and behead him. And that's what this series is, beginning with the third target, which came out last year, and the first hostage, which came out last month. Now, we also have, coincidentally, though there's nothing coincidental ever in Joel Rosenberg's life, a big screen movie that comes out about the president being taken hostage. Did you have any idea that was coming out at the same time? 
I didn't, and now that means they won't make one of mine. So I, I can't. No, actually, uh, I don't think I so. I'm not as much of a Nostradamus as you would have thought. No, I think they actually. There's quite a lot of uh, of uh, market space for these. Next, I got to ask you. This is an inside publishing thing. Uh, my friend and my sister-in-law, Maggie Rowe, works at Tyndale. That's how I known about you forever. You publish with Tyndale, and Maggie always sends me your books and always books you on. Why are you with Tyndale as opposed to you know Random House? Yeah. Well, I started with a uh, actually a St. Martin's uh, imprint uh, for my first two books, The Last Jihad and The Last Days. Uh, but they, honestly, as an evangelical from a Jewish background, there is a faith element in, 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 in my books, sometimes strong, sometimes uh, you know, a little bit lighter. And <clears throat> honestly, New York didn't quite get what I wanted to do, and Tyndale did, and they've been a tremendous publisher both in general market and Christian. Oh, they are, they, are, they are among the best, professional, and they know how to market. This is something I always tell people, don't believe the old saw that Christian houses don't know how to market. Tyndale basically wrote the book, and there are a few others that have written the book on this. But I was curious if you had a relationship with an editor there, or if, if it was just because you like Chicago, or what the deal was. <laughs> uh, no, I, it's, it's because, in fact, I actually told my agent from New York, uh, don't go to Tyndale. They, they're huge. They've got the Left Behind series. Uh, they're not interested in any new fiction there. But in fact, I was wrong, and uh, they, were, they were thrilled, in part because uh, my books are not left behind. Uh, they, are, they are, in fact, I deal much more with uh, radical Islam and what I call apocalyptic Islam, where a, it's a subset of radical Islam driven by ancient Islamic prophecies. So there's certainly an evangelical element to my books, and again, some more and some less, but what fascinates me is that Tyndale allows me, encourages me, in fact, um, to explore other faiths and how terror movements are being driven, not just by political ideology, but by religious ideology. And in this case, the leaders of both Iran and ISIS, uniquely in history, are being driven by an eschatology or an end times theology that's genocidal in nature. And I find that fascinating. Uh, Tyndale also, uh, you know, for better or for worse, they're letting me write about characters that aren't Christians. Oh, yeah, I mean, and I'm talking, with, I'm talking with is, Joel uh, Rosenberg, who's the author of The First Hostage, brand new book. Many of you, my listeners, read everything by Joel. Someday there will come a moment when Daniel Silva, who was a Catholic and became a Jew to write about Israel, sits down on the same stage with Joel Rosenberg, who was a <laughs> Jew who became an evangelical to write about the Arab world, and will figure it all out. Because you two guys actually bring... The, uh, the background capacity to understand all sides to this massive dilemma. But I've got to ask you the big question. Are we headed for a blowout in the Middle East that is, if not apocalyptic, then certainly worse than anything we've seen yeah. since World War II? I, I'm concerned that we are. That's, that's one of the reasons I write these, not just to keep people up all night. And uh, I, I uh, look, I, we certainly have a president now who is speaking at a mosque today, speaks only about the peacefulness of Islam. And, and we're, certainly 90% or more of Islam is peaceful. But the 10% that aren't, in a world of 160, I'm sorry, 1.6 billion Muslims, that's 160 million people. I did that's like his cool. speech today, though, Joel. Didn't, I thought he did a fine job, and I'm very critical of the president, but I thought he gave a superb speech by bringing up religious toleration and finally talking about the radicals within Islam. I, he, he, I, I concede that. I, I read the speech carefully. He actually used the word radical, and he never 
in my view, I'm not sure if he ever has. Yeah, um, first time. But but what's but what's important here is understanding the policies. This was a speech. We've got seven years of policy right now that is not willing to define the enemy as being driven by a certain religious point of view. It's not all of Islam. I, I, I will grant him that, but nobody's saying that it is. What's worse, though, is that radical Islam is like Hamas, it's, um, it's Taliban, it's Muslim Brotherhood, it, it's, uh, it, it's Al-Qaeda. But that's radical Islam. They want to attack us. Yeah. Um, Iran and ISIS leaders, this is apocalyptic Islam, and they don't want to attack us. They want to annihilate us. I'm imposing on Joel Rosenberg. He's on a book tour. He's probably screwing somebody else by talking to me for an extra five minutes. But, Joel, what you were saying at the end, the eschatological roots of ISIS and of the Ayatollahs in Iran are different than the enemies we have dealt with before. You've, you've driven this home before, but enough people can't hear it often enough to understand this is why they can't have nukes. That's right. Uh, well, that's right. I, I'm sitting with Jim Woolsey, the former CIA director, for breakfast a few weeks ago to give him a copy of this new book, The First Hostage. I asked him, okay, you know, I've read the Iran deal. You've read the Iran deal. You know, Jim, how do you assess it? He said the fascinating thing is that as an arms control agreement, it's really not that bad if you make it with Denmark. The problem is if you're dealing with an apocalyptic genocidal death cult, which is the Iranian leadership, then you've got a problem, because the Iran deal leads to two pathways to nuclear weapons. One, if they cheat, and the second, if they actually keep the deal, and 10 to 15 years from now, all restrictions are removed, they can build as many nuclear weapons as they want. Right. And this is not Denmark. This is, this is a country that's saying outright, these are our religious views. We believe the Mahdi, the Messiah, is coming with his kingdom, his caliphate, and we are calling for the death of Israel and America, that's our policy. And that is insane to give Iran two pathways to nuclear weapons. So what do you think happens and who ought we to be in favor of in Syria? Well, there's no one to be in favor of in Syria. It, it, Syria is an absolute hornet's nest. It, it, it's a hellish uh, situation. And uh, I think the best thing we can do at this point, is to take back Iraq. Iraq is, is, is re-winnable. You can crush and drive out ISIS uh, from uh, northern Iraq. I've been there four times. We've met with guys on the ground, including the prime minister of Kurdistan. Uh, you put the right forces in, and you strengthen our allies there. You can, you can cut the, the caliphate in half. This would be a big start. I, I don't have a solution for Syria. And anyone who says they have a solution at this moment uh, is not is not being fair. It's a mess, and it, all you can do it now in in, in Syria is contain the problem. Well, you can you can use uh, air force to uh, to crush ISIS and others, but right now there's no one to prop up. There's no leaders to have that are that are even remotely reasonable. And so, but that requires us to do what as an Amer Yes, more more troops into Syria, uh, in the area where the Kurds are, more more support of the Iraqi army. No, I wouldn't put I wouldn't put any, any I wouldn't put any uh, uh, ground troops or even special forces in Syria right now. I'm talking entirely Iraq. For the next year or two, if that's how long it takes, win Iraq. It, that might take twenty to thirty, maybe forty thousand troops, special forces primarily, with uh, more weapons for the Kurds. Help the Jordanians. King Abdullah is our greatest 
Sunni Arab ally. The president spent five minutes with him last week. This is crazy. I mean, this is a man who's actually fighting on our side for his kingdom, for Sunni Muslims, a descendant of the prophet. Now, if you're trying to be sympathetic to a positive, moderate Muslims, how can you blow off the king of Jordan? It, it, that's not good policy. Well, they, it's because the, the kids who are running the West Wing, and I say kids advisedly, Ben Rhodes, I mean, have you ever seen a less competent foreign policy assemblage of talent in the West well, Wing than we have right now? Years, but no, not in recent times. Uh, what, what concerns me, though, Hugh, i got to say, is the front runners in both parties uh, would be a disaster as well. You've got Mr. Trump, who, who, has said, who said specifically he won't rip up the Iran deal. He thinks it's a contract, a bad one, but it's a contract. It's not a contract. It wasn't signed. It wasn't ratified. It's a gentleman's agreement with, with, with an apocalyptic genocidal death toll. Uh, he's saying that he, he would not only bomb uh, or kill ISIS terrorists, but their wives and their children. This is not, war crimes are not American foreign policy. And then you've got Mrs. Clinton and Mr. Sanders, who fully support uh, the president. You're dropping out of me there, Joel. You must be walking around. Yep. Uh, who replaces uh, the, the current president. Well, Joel Rosenberg, it is great to have you. Congratulations on the publication of The First Hostage. The First Hostage is available in bookstores everywhere. The First Hostage has been mentioned seven times, so we've complied with the lunch law of selling a book. And joelrosenberg.com is his website. How many books have you written, Joel? Uh, this is the 11th novel, and then there were, uh, I think, four or five uh, nonfiction. Now, I, but you begin, unlike Silva, where I tell people they have to begin with the kill artist and, and go all through the 11 or 12 um, Assad, uh, Gabriel Lunt, you actually break them up into chunks of three or four where you start over. That's right. In this case, uh, the third target came out last January. And that was the first so I, I, I recommend everyone read the third target first, then the first sausage, but go and get both of them today. Joel Rosenberg, always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. Thank you. Safe travels to you.